0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: So we had something weird happen at the end of last episode when we finished recording, uh, where we wrapped up. We were at that park over by Dear Diary Coffee, and uh, right before we had got we had started recording at that park, there was like a city crew like cutting the grass and oh, trimming yeah. everything. That's right. And I was I was a little worried about there was too much audio texture, but they finished right as we were going to start recording, so it was fine. Uh, and then we left, and there was like a city of Austin van parked right next to the park and we walked by it as we were walking back to the car and like some lady rolled down the window and just like yelled out at us like hey what's your podcast called (laughs) Uh, and i just said anma and i kept walking and eric was nice enough to stay and uh, clarify a-n-m-a you got us a fan that
0: day, Eric. Thank they're, you. One, they're one. in a city of Austin van. I think it feel like they were waiting for us to leave so they could do whatever work they needed to do. Probably, on that yeah. park. So, I like your shirt,
2: Gus. Thank you. Uh, since this is an audio podcast, Gus is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, which he tends to do a lot these days. Uh, but this one's—it's uh, got like a kind of a navy blue backing, mm-hmm. like under color, and then some really pretty a uh, line drawn uh green and yellow flowers. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's and
2: monstera it leaves. Did you get that in Hawaii? I did. Yeah. Do you buy all of your clothes in Hawaii?
1: No. No, not at all.
2: But a, a, an amount. Uh I mean
1: some. Yeah.
2: I buy most of my clothes Is it just here cause in Austin. You, you can't get it you can only get those there?
1: This one, yeah. 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 For Is sure, it, from for like sure. a, was it like a favorite designer or? No, I think it was the first time I've been in that store. Oh, really? Yeah, what I, I like don't like, I don't remember oh. what it was called. Oh, okay. Was it in in Oahu? Yes. Okay, it was indeed. good morning, Gus. <laughs> good morning.
0: I just need everyone to know that the conversation that's happening right now is so disparate from the conversations that we were having in the car on the way down I don't here. Get it. Oh boy! So
1: we're at uh, Buzzmill today, which yes, is we uh, are. off of Riverside, and I've been I've been wanting to come back to this part of town because we lived. In this area for so long. Yeah. Um, this is like just south of the river, uh, right off a of riverside. You used to live not too far in that direction. I used to live not too far in that direction. Then I lived with you. And yeah. So we have like a lot of old stories in this part of town from the late '90s, early 2000s. How long did you live down here?
2: I lived. I think I owned that house for like. Well, I owned it for a while uh, until they took it from me, and then I had to buy it back. <laughs> uh, I lived there. I want to say like six and a half, seven years, mm. somewhere around there. I think. Because we lived there for about a year after we stopped tele-network, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Not worth I worked at TNI for six years.
1: Yeah, I lived here for three years, then I moved away to a different part of town. Uh, then I came back and lived with you for a while. This was where
2: a lot of our formative times uh, happened. I know, we're just driving in here, yeah. we were just pointing out shit to Eric, and uh, there's a lot. There is
1: There is there there is a lot. Um, I looked around here. It's kind of a disgusting story. Uh... <laughs> uh you taught me how to vomit if I drank too much right over here. Did I really? Yeah. Oh I was
0: man. <laughs> Behind the Dairy Queen? It was like right
1: there, <laughs> the the Dairy Queen was here. Those apartments were not here. I forget what was there before, but it was like right over here. Those were apartments, I think.
2: <laughs> Why were where were we drinking? Where were we? Drinking? Well, like remember I
1: had a thing where like I would uh I had I, I we were both heavy drinkers back then. And like I would drink a bunch and I would never vomit. And yeah. you'd always convince me like if you just Get it out of your system, you keep drinking. Yeah. And finally I gave in, and you taught me how to do it right over here.
2: I remember one time we went to Hula Hut, and we were trying to drink Hula Laws, which is this uh, really sugary drink they serve you in a fish bowl, and it's like, I don't know. Not at all gimmicky. Not at all gimmicky. Just, just, Just like red sugar and booze in a fucking fish bowl. And I remember Gus and I were trying to see how many we could drink or something. Yeah, and we had to. We kept taking turns to go throw up outside and come back in to keep (laughs) (laughs) drinking.
1: It was like off because it's right on the water, so you would throw up off the railing into the water, and the ducks would come and eat it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's the less glamorous side of alcoholism. (laughs) Wow, not great. We were and we that wasn't like we were just at Hula Hut. It was like. An event, someone was having to get together or something, yeah. And we were ruining. We've ruined a lot of events we like ruined that. A lot of events. We went to a wedding once. Oh, are you talking about Brian's wedding? No, no, no. Oh, we should talk about that one. We went to a wedding once, Eric, where um, there was an open bar, and uh, you know the bride and the groom had capped the open bar at a certain amount, and we drank through that amount before the reception ended. Yeah. Then the, you know the the bartenders had to go to the bride and groom and ask them if they wanted to extend, and they did. And then we drank through the extension and the bar owners had to go to the bride and, groomer and ask them and tell them they, you know, they drank through the extension. They wanted to extend, but the bar was out of alcohol. That's right. We had drank all of the alcohol in the bar. We had a little, you know, obviously there were other people there. Wow. but uh, We were
2: the driving force behind it. Yeah. Uh, bride and groom not happy with us. They were I not that.
1: happy at all. It yeah. was a lot of money. It was a very fancy venue here in town, and we drank a lot of alcohol. That
2: wow. being said, we celebrated their wedding.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, was their, it was a celebration it was of their su- love.
2: Super festive. <laughs> I remember Bernie got really mad at us one time, so we went to this, <laughs> went to this wedding for a co-worker. It was actually the guy who hired who let Dan Godwin work at RT for free, or at uh, Tele for free. Uh, and uh, we went to this guy's wedding, and there was, like, every
1: table had a... Like a
2: centerpiece. Had a centerpiece, and in the centerpiece was, like, a little cheap bottle of, like, Chianti. Okay. Just gross.
1: It had, like, flowers taped on, yeah. or, like, glued onto it and shit.
2: And it was, like, I think it was, like, probably, like, $7 Chianti that you go buy at, like, World Market. And it was, it was more about the set dressing than anything yeah. else. But as we were leaving... It was just still just sitting there, so Gus and I grabbed—I don't know—all of we them. We started collecting them all. Like there was like maybe thirty tables, and so what? Gus and I had like <laughs> arms full. because we we're like, we're not gonna—they're just gonna throw this away. And Bernie came over and yelled at us and was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And we're like, "We're like the centerpiece. It's, it's, it's free. Take
0: it. It's just, it's just gonna go to waste." Fucking gremlins. <laughs> well, we were just fucking <laughs> carrying thirty bottles of cheap wedding 15 wine, fifteen
1: each. I mean, it's not I as mean, bad as you make it sound.
0: You also got a take into consideration, you're,
2: you're, dudes in their mid to late 40s are telling you this story, yes. but we were barely t- legal at the time. I was right. like, yeah.
0: I
1: was 23 maybe. Oh, I, oh no, you were... Uh, I was 24 maybe, 25. Yeah, because I was a
0: couple years between us. I was definitely 21. Yeah, no, I'm passing judgment now, but at the time I would have been doing the exact same right. thing. A hundred percent. We would have been like, all this free wine? <laughs> I think it's one of the things that
2: pisses me off about this place, Buzz Mill Coffee Shop, that we're at. Because it's like a coffee shop bar and it's very like lumberjack themed. It's very like Pacific Northwest, it's very Austin punk rock tattoo culture. This is—it's got the same vibe as like Jackalope, Lil' Darlin', uh, Emos in the old days. Like it is very much of that scene. And if this place would have existed when we lived here, it would have been fucking awesome. But they built it fuck ten years after we moved, well, way later than and that. And now yeah. I don't drink. And I'm certainly not going to come back here to get coffee on a regular basis. So I'm just I'm annoyed at their timing. I hate them because they came too late.
1: Well, everything here, like I'm looking around, like where we are, we're on the back patio. There's not much of a view. I can't really see. There's, you know, they have these these fences everywhere. But what I can see is all. I don't remember any of this. No, this is all new. There's a. We're next to a Dairy Queen that was here, Uh, but all this other shit is all new. I don't. we're We're right by the Oracle headquarters, which is where it used to be where there was an apartment complex where I lived. That was the damp apartment. Yeah. It was right over here. And it was like the, the cheapest place you could live in Austin. Wow. Was like right here. And now you know there's all these, you know, quote unquote luxury apartments I can see all around us here.
0: The the cheapest place to live in Austin was on the water? Yeah, it was right <laughs> over
1: here. Dude, you don't understand. It was scary though. It was what? like it was, it was real scary. It was like don't it, go out once the sun goes down. It
0: made place.
2: no sense. Wow. It makes no sense why this part of town was such prime real estate that was just so shoddy. But it really was. He's right. You didn't go. It's not like if you wanted to go to town lake even though it was right here, you drive across the interstate right. and go go on that's <laughs> not here. Now, of course, absolutely. It's fucking gorgeous you get any or, like take any opportunity to get anywhere you can. But uh it's cleaned up. I would say in my time in Austin, probably more than any other area, Riverside might be the street with the most amount of change. Mm. In terms of like being unre I mean it's still a ugly, messy street, but every block was, is significantly different. It was consistently voted the
1: ugliest street in Austin, Dude. time and
2: time again. Dude, yeah. I bought a house right off Riverside, twenty three years old, very excited, very proud of myself, bought my first house, three weeks later, got the Chronicle on the cover. Riverside, ugliest street in Austin, uh, like, yet again,
1: it, it was
0: yet like, again. Wow, you were on the cover it, of the Chronicle? I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was like a running thing. And back before Ben White was a freeway, it used to have lights on it down over here. So to get to the airport, you would drive down Riverside. Like, this is the way you would get to the airport. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's my memory because before Rooster Teeth, I had that other job where I would travel and I lived over here in this area. It's like, I remember always driving down Riverside, like pre-dawn, to get out to the airport, going out in that direction. Obviously, all that traffic's redirected now. That area was under construction for ten years. Yeah, like to make Ben White that freeway down there. At least to remove all the lights. It was
2: it was it, it was just like a joke.
1: Yeah, it was it was awful. Yeah, the the way the traffic would back up over there. And I remember um, there's a McDonald's down right there, right off of uh, that Ben White. It's real close to the call center where we used to work. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. And I don't know if you remember how dangerous that intersection was, like where you would turn because you would have to drive by that McDonald's to get to the call center back down where we worked if you're coming off of Ben White back then and I felt like at least once a week one of the employees was getting into an accident right there <laughs> at that McDonald's. They'd be like, why are you late? Be like, hey, my car's all fucked up. I got hit <laughs> right in front of the <laughs> McDonald's. and go out into the parking lot, it's like, oh yeah, they're not full of shit, their car. They got T-boned <laughs> at the McDonald's.
2: That uh, that was also, after T and I moved and we were in the second location on Burleson, uh, we were next to a Wendy's. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, like we could walk out Dude, of. I
1: lived, I lived
2: off that Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Yeah, we could walk out and just walk right into that Wendy's. I stopped eating fast food for about five years, maybe six years, because of that Wendy's. Well, in part because of that Wendy's. One, because I was driving through, uh, I was driving to visit my mom in Alabama, and I stopped at a Taco Bell on I-10 in East Texas, like, around Viter, which is not a place you should stop Do anyway, not go, no, stay away from Viter. But have I was stories, starving. Have
1: you heard stories of Viter?
2: I don't think so. It's the most racist time in America. Oh, oh, that's the place? Yeah.
0: Oh, I just didn't know it by, uh, sorry guys, uh, I don't know that place by name. <laughs> don't <laughs> go to Vider.
2: <laughs> If you live in Texas long enough, you, you just you kind of learn it through it. osmosis, yeah. And so there was a girl who took my order. She was, she had a open sore on her oh. lip, and it just and I watched it drip onto the countertop, and I was like, that's rough. And then then I went to the Wendy's one time and got a chili, uh, a little cup of chili, and it had a, a had a uh, uh, bandaid in it, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. I can't eat fast food, but I
1: anymore, and I didn't for a very long time. That Wendy's sustained me for so many years with the ninety-nine cent junior bacon cheeseburgers. Uh, just like I remember being broke, and it was like I would either order a pizza from Papa John's and eat off it for a couple days, <laughs> or eat like one or two junior bacon cheeseburgers from that Wendy's down there. But um, also down in that area, like segue into a little more recent, like a little bit more rooster teeth times, it was that, or it's still there, that post office, which is. The one right down by the call center. The one that we went to for years, shipping oh, stuff out for the Our Rooster mailbox, teeth. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is the saddest. And I, and I know post offices don't generally have, like, the most welcoming atmosphere, but that post office is the saddest and simultaneously angriest post office I've ever been to. <laughs> like, even from the outside. Like, you park in the parking lot, and you look at it, and it's just got this... Re- I don't like the. I don't know how to properly describe it. I would say it's like almost like a a reduced brutalistic architecture look to it, where it's like you look at it and you're like, this looks like a fortress. Like this place does not look like they want you to come inside. <laughs> we'd have to go there all the time to, to mail stuff out when we were, you know, in the early days. We were just like mailing store orders or mailing. DVDs yeah, and that's where out. our PO box was. Yeah, we so we'd have PO to go our mail there. there. And and it's just awful. I can't believe that it's untouched. It looks like something. Out of the late seventies, early eighties, and it's just like nothing has changed about it. I like, I wouldn't be surprised if they put spikes up uh, on the front door. <laughs>
2: I thought all post offices were like that post office because you know who goes to a post office when you're a teenager? Not very often, right? And then so it was my early twenties, that was when we were we were hitting it like yeah three or four times a week because we had to get RT mail and we had to mail off DVDs and shit. And uh, we would also that's also where we would go to get the AOL CDs. We would prank each other with.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs>
2: And, uh, and I thought all post offices sucked because those people and that place
1: sucked. But it turns out there, there's some lovely post offices yeah. in town. <laughs> Not that one. That one is, God uh, is damn. awful. Well,
0: that's, that's why we use stamps.com.
1: <laughs> hey, there you go. You can avoid uh, having to go to that post office. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember there was a. Uh, I don't know if this was before your time at the call center. Now, I only worked there like a year before you showed up, so it, b- it might have been in that time. But do you remember there was that breakfast taco place right across happy the taco. street? Happy Taco. Happy Taco, yeah. Yeah, yeah was jer- if It was still open when you went there. We would,
2: uh, we would always, like Anthony would get us Happy Taco sometimes. We'd always have you'd have a Beck or a Peck or a yeah, sec, sec, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. There was, it was like... That's they, bacon, egg and cheese, sausage, egg and cheese, potato, egg and cheese. I
0: don't know if you
1: cracked the code. I've
0: never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody call them back. Beck.
1: Peck, Sec. And yeah, huh. Yeah. Okay. They had the. I. I. Every now and then, I still look on the internet trying to find uh, an old Happy Taco shirt. zone I don't know if you remember. They uh-huh. sold shirts, and it was just like a taco with a face on it, and it just said like in bubbly, like a Cooper font or something, like Happy taco, Happy taco across the top. I'm gonna guess they're not still around. Oh no, no, they they were gone even when we were working at the call center. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, they they were not there anymore. Um,
2: oh, that's right, because like a sandwich shop opened up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So down the street from there was the sketchiest dirtiest business. I never went there for... I, I, we, I drove by because it was by where we worked. But this was the... <laughs>
0: Doing a lot of... Just,
1: for somebody who was there, his car was in the parking lot multiple <laughs> just times. Just a bunch
0: of caveats I, before uh, he listen, explains anything. I,
1: this place was sketchy as hell. I don't know if you remember this, Jeff. I don't know. Like down the about. road from the call center was this business called Mermaids.
2: Oh! <laughs> 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 That's right. That's right. Where
1: it was a That's right. a hot tub rental place but not like you get the hot tub delivered to your house like you use the hot tub there yeah. and you could hire a mermaid what? to get in the hot tub with you what yeah it
2: was like a hot do- <laughs> it was like hot, a
1: hot, hot tub, hot tub hand job store place oh place what yeah <laughs> it was there for years yeah. and i remember i would always drive by and be like what the fuck like i can't believe that place is still here it was there for it was there for a long time <sighs> i never saw any of those mermaids <laughs> Well, there you know you, you had, you've heard it here. Mermaids
0: are real. Mer- Mermaids private hot tub rental. Yep. Oh, is it still there? <laughs> Eric's looking on his phone. I'm, I I I'm look, looking. I'm looking it up. It's listed under massage. Oh, Yelpers report that this location is closed. Ah. <laughs> Guess it didn't survive the pandemic. <laughs> you think that's what did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I I feel like. You know, even though that's not Riverside, that's a little further south. AustinCommunity.LiveJournal.com is where I'm finding more information about hot tub hourly. Oh, this rules! Wow. I feel
1: like that's just indicative of like the change this entire part wow. of town has gone under. Uh, it went from a little dangerous, kind of seedy, to very like. Oracle's headquarters, you know, yeah. this co- this coffee shop. Like you look around like there's so much change there's a, a condo place where remember there used to be the world's most expensive vet was right down there next to the liquor store. Oh yeah, 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 uh, that's right. Now, Riverside Vet, yeah. yeah. now it's like a like a luxury
2: condo. First liquor store where I ever was a regular at was right the Riverside Liquor right here. The one next to
1: Thundercloud? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was the first place I ever got recognized like as a regular. I thought it was so cool. I only I only, I only ever went to that store Two or three times. I can't remember where I would go to buy liquor back then. Really? Yeah. I would go there. It's weird. I know the first place I ever went to buy liquor at when I turned 21, like right after I turned 21, got my ID, it was that uh, Centennial Liquor on West 6th, which is kind of by Whole Foods. Well, I guess it was. It just closed like a year ago, I think. It's like a, a pizza slice place now.
2: It's called Favorite Pizza. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. It's a New York Mets-themed like pizza slice place, like a New York... It's all blue and orange, and they have just, like tons of Mets stuff everywhere. Yeah. Which,
1: which is um, right by some old Austin institutions, which are closed now, that were very beloved, but I never really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hut's Hamburgers and Frank and Angie's.
2: Yeah, I liked Frank and Angie's. Hut's, I never got. I will say, though, interesting thing about that place is there was this beloved hamburger restaurant called Hut's, and it eventually—it'd been around for like sixty years. It eventually closed down. I think is the owner wanted to retire, and they made it into an Italian restaurant called Sammy's. And I didn't know this. Uh, I ate there recently. Uh, it was okay. It's hard to get a reservation for uh, for how okay it was. Um, but it used to be—I didn't know this—but before it was Huts, it was an Italian restaurant called Sammy's.
1: Really? Like yeah, back so in the '40s? Like, yeah.
2: So they like. <laughs> uh, so they like. Brought, brought back, it back that to its Roots. Yeah.
1: I never. I guess Frank and Angie's was the better of those two uh, restaurants. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I always liked about those places was that... (laughs) <laughs> the employees always wore the opposite shirts. Yeah. So if you went to Frank and Angie's, all the waiters were wearing Hutch shirts. And if you went to Huts, all the waiters were wearing Frank and Angie's shirts. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> and if, if Frank and Angie's was such a stereotypical, like, cheap Italian restaurant. Like, you would go in, and they had a Goodfellas poster and a Big Night poster yeah. and, like, a Scarface poster and a Mermaid's poster. Speaking of Mermaid's again. <laughs> uh, and uh, they were all just, like, framed with that, like, $10 uh, Walmart frame with plastic and the yeah. little... You know, black sliders, and then uh, all of the tables had like green and white checkerboarded table, like vinyl uh, tops, yeah. and then there was fake vines everywhere. Yeah, just like like Hobby Lobby vines everywhere.
1: And you, if you wanted to go and get like a seven dollar baked Z D, that was the place to do it. Yeah, yeah, that, and you know, but I think they probably both have the same owner. They both closed like more mm. or less at the same time. They're both they're both gone now, but they were there forever. Shady Rays has the essentials you need to make summer complete. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. It doesn't stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they'll send you a brand new pair. Wear with confidence because Shady Rays has your back long after you purchase. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades and feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. So no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code ANMA for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Again, that's ShadyRays.com. Use code ANMA. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work, so why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There's plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language, taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy, uh, I think it's a great outlet to try to get a, a perspective on what you're going through in life, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt to like bounce your ideas off someone else. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Much more affordable than in person therapy, you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com/Anma. That's Better H-E-L-P.com/Anma. Let them know Anma sent you. Are you captivated by the unknown? Do you obsess over unexplained phenomena? Do you frighten easily? Well, behold, Red Web, a podcast all about unsolved mysteries, true crime, conspiracies, and the supernatural. With an appetite for the unknown, hosts Trevor Collins and Alfredo Diaz dissect a new unsolved mystery every week. From true crime to paranormal events and conspiracies, each episode dives into the timelines, the facts, and the popular theories that attempt to explain what's really happening with these strange incidents. Join them this month as they explore creepy forced events like Bella in Witch Elm, Rendlesham Forest, and The Black Forest Haunting. Check out Red Web now wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to get the episodes a day early, head over to redwebpod.com. Try saying that five times fast. It's really hard.
0: Uh, you guys talked about living down here, but you also, did, is this where the call center like the call center, was down here? Pretty close. It was just, just off of Ben White. Like, if you
1: take one of these roads down here, uh, down past Ben White, it's right over there.
0: So, like, you were spending a lot of time just south of the river. Right? Like, almost all of them. Yeah, like north
1: of the river was far away. Really? Yeah. Except like downtown. We would go downtown, but I don't know if I really went north of the river other than that. I don't think. Bowling.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we ever went north of 7th Street, probably back in those well, days. There
1: was no real reason to. We would park north of 7th Street. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> so there was a- whenever Texas State Teachers Association. Well, oh. There was the Principal Association, wasn't it? That was what it was. Uh, whenever we would go downtown, there was a, like the Principal Association building was like at Red River and 11th or 12th, I think, and you could park there after hours and they wouldn't tow you, and you didn't have to pay. <laughs> So we would always park over there and then like walk down to 6th or 7th Street. Now they have a gate up. You, yeah. can't, do yeah, you can't do that anymore. But it was like one of those loopholes that we found where it's like, oh, you can park in this parking lot. Nobody's here and they won't tow you. You can't do that anymore. No. Now, now you got to pay a bunch of money. You know what else we're really close to? We're really close to the movie theater where Gus and his parents
2: went on their first date. Oh, well, I heard about That's that That's not place. a movie theater anymore. That's just like three blocks that wow. yeah, way.
0: like
1: right next, next block down.
0: We missed the turn and almost saw it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We did miss the turn coming. All in this is start.
1: different. Like, and I never come down here anymore, so it's like it's really it was, confusing.
0: It was Gus driving, going, "Where's the Dairy Queen?" <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you, uh, I know
2: it's by the Dairy Queen. There it is. Gus brought up some a story on the way in. We passed by a place called Baby A's Baby Acapulco's, mm. which is uh, Austin, uh, like a local Mexican chain. There's three of them, I believe. Are like, there? Or, I think this is the last the, one.
0: Oh no, no, no. There, there's one up at like the Arboretum.
2: There is. Yeah.
0: Oh, I all go right. to that one all the time.
2: There, so there used to be one here, there used to be one on Barton Springs, there used to be the one on 35 that closed, so I guess there's two now. Yeah. And that is where we told the story recently about the dude that saw us drinking Lone Stars and told us that asked of where we were from, because nobody from Austin drinks Lone Stars. It was that place, but it was also where Gus brought up a really funny story. It's where we all signed our initial contracts to start Rooster Teeth. Like, we went there for lunch yeah. one day like maybe three in the afternoon, and it was me, you, Jason, and Bernie?
1: Those are the people was I remember. I feel No, I, don't, I think Matt was living in L.A. at the time, if I remember so right. So it had just
2: been me, you, yeah. Jason, and Bernie, yeah. As far as
1: I remember, yes.
2: And we went there, and Bernie wanted us to sign, uh, I don't know, just contracts or whatever uh, to make it all official, and Gus and I signed ours, and Jason was drunk.
1: And Well, we had all been drinking those, mar- those uh those frozen margaritas. What are they called? Oh, well, they have the blues. Okay. Baby blues or they whatever? They got
0: blues. They have the Superman. They have so many. There's the purple one. The oh, the purpl- purple. The purple yeah. one's like crazy. The
1: purple you can't the, have more than two, I no, think. The purple yeah. one's they the one that off.
2: Bernie tells a story about. He had one on his... Uh, like He had, I think, one on the night he turned 21, and then he just rem- it was just the next day. Oh, my God. I, I want to say. I don't want to steal his story, and I don't yeah. want to mistell it, but I think it was something like that. Well, we've been drinking those. We've been drinking those. And we went to there a lot, actually. We were big Baby Ace fans. Yeah. I guess because of proximity. Anyway, and Jason kept signing his, like, this doesn't count. This isn't legally binding. I'm drunk. Yeah. And he, like, he wouldn't sign it over. for the longest time. And then when he did, he, kept, he, saw, he, he just kept doing that. And eventually, we gave up. I think he was, was like signing so, it with his left hand that way it didn't look he, like his he real was signature. So <laughs> angry at Jason that day. And Jason was just so decided to, we were all obnoxious <laughs> in our own ways. And it was just like who was whoever was taking the turn being a pain in the ass. Yeah. And it was the, it was Jason
1: that day. Oh man. I think that might be the last time I've been in that BBA. Probably me too. I don't know if I don't know if I've been back there since And That was like oh three, oh four?
2: I think maybe the other last time I went to Baby, or the last time I went to any Baby A's was after that when Bernie and I did the Martin Sargent interview for Tech TV. Oh my God. We did it at a remote facility over on on Westlake or somewhere. And then we drove back home and we stopped at Baby A's on Barton Springs and celebrated with purples or blues or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, And then nobody ever saw or cared. We thought that was, it was one of those things where you
0: do it and you think, like, all right, well, we've made it now. We're big time. I mean, you saying that was me going, whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> and I think if you were to tell anyone else, they would just go, they interviewed who on what? Yeah.
1: What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> Let's get Leo Laporte going. <laughs> oh,
1: God. I've thought of, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time, man. <laughs> that was like one time we, uh,
2: you know, we talked about Sway from MTV oh, yeah. coming to visit us. And we, we did a, a few things with MTV back in the day. And I remember this one point we had we made a psa for MTV for some reason and they aired it primetime on TRL yeah carson daly i think yeah. actually presented it and we were so fucking excited i think we bought extra server space cuz we, we were ready for like an influx we like got more bandwidth for the servers and everything and that i learned a valuable lesson that day that i remember watching it in my living room and uh, and then going to the the computer to see and it was crickets yeah oh.
1: it was like any other day virtual there was tumbleweeds there and you're were, like oh
2: this doesn't mean anything
1: yeah oh it doesn't like, mean anything had zero impact zero we, we impact. made quite a few videos for mtv we around did. that time yeah. uh like just little bumpers and mtv2 also i don't even know why and that had no effect we got on anything <laughs> i don't know that we did uh i think we might have maybe a little bit it, it's funny how many like in those early days like the hustle, like just how many little projects—I mean, not, not that—that's a little project—but how many like weird projects you take on just to try to make a little more money and see what sticks and see what happens. There was there was one year where we made a bunch of videos for the NCAA mm-hmm. for them to play in college football stadiums. When plays happened on the field. Yeah, we would we would yeah. stockpile a bunch of different possibilities of teams in different scenarios in NCAA college football. And then if the scenario happened on the field, they could play like a re a quote unquote replay that we had previously captured in the It was game. like a six-second interstitial. It's genius. We did it's dude, fucking genius. it was genius. That's genius. Except it was thousands of shots. It oh. was it was sounds I, like hell. I remember it was
2: hell. So Gavin Gavin was a big part of this too, because he was uh interning that summer with us. And we played NCAA football for three weeks, like 15 hours a day. We turned in, I want to say, 1,600 videos, and then on t- and they were all four to six seconds long. And it was—sorry, go ahead. On
1: top of that, do you remember there was another project going it's- on simultaneously? Was that a— The Mountain Dew Mountain thing? Mountain Dew thing, yeah. So we, were, we had to film those 1,600 videos or whatever for, for NCAA. And then on top of that, there was this promotion that I I want to see what Mountain Dew was doing at the time where you, like, unscrew your top and there's a code and you put it on the website. And if you, like, get a – it would show you, like, a replay of a video game, like a football game. And if, like, you if the replay you watched scored a touchdown or scored whatever, then you won a prize. So we had to make another couple thousand of those videos of – Getting close to scoring and not scoring, you know, getting shut down immediately. So we had like these giant spreadsheets yeah. that we printed out, and you would hand someone a stack of paper and be like, "This is the 300 shots you need to get today." Oh yeah, God. and it was like it
2: was like we had to go through. I don't remember that one as well, but I remember very well the NCAA when we were doing uh, for the initial 1600 or whatever. They would basically took like every major college football team. So uh, I don't know Clemson. Right. And you would say, okay, if Clemson score, and you'd have, to, you'd have a shot list, you'd go, I need to Clemson to score uh, from the goal line. Uh, I need them to pass a 40-yard touchdown or longer. I need them to run for a touchdown. I need them to run and get stopped on the two-yard line. You, and you had, like, 12 different scenarios, yeah. and you just had to film over and over and over again for every team. It was and the it's most not like mind-numbing
1: could, thing. And it's not like you could set it up and no, trigger it. You, you exactly, had to play the game. Exactly yeah.
0: what I was about to bring up. That Like, people are just like, oh, man, that's probably— that's, like, a lot of videos. If you don't play sports games— those are like so specialized mm-hmm. moments that yeah happen a lot in a game,
2: but not when you need them to. And yeah. you can't live film it, so you have to shoot it and then go into theater mode. You have to go
0: into the replay, yeah. in the
2: NCAA replay yeah. mode, Dude. and then cam it that way. And then and then you know with fucking keyframes and shit, and then. I forgot about it, that. And yeah. then do the next setup and like, okay, now we got to like, now you score real fast so that we can be back on the five and then like, don't tackle me. Let me run to the 10 yard line. You're like, and all we could do is fuck with sliders. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't oh. have special
1: versions of it. Well, I mean, we have early versions of the game. And then I remember this, like, let's say you were trying to set up a, a game. Like Jeff and I are playing against each other to set this game up. Yeah. Jeff has the ball. you like, don't tackle me. I need to get to the 10 yard line. So my job would be to take control of whatever NPC is closest oh, yeah. to him, trying to stop him and move yeah. them all away. Yeah. So it's like just... Trying to constantly switch to the closest player and run them in the opposite direction to try to get the play set up. That was so much. That was work. hard work,
0: man. That's a lot of work. You're talking about that. It's MTV thing. It's a Mountain Dew thing. It's a college football thing. It's a lot of like banner pieces, right? And mm-hmm. those aren't. I feel like those aren't worth it in the way that people think they're going to be worth it. Like. No. Like Those are things that you can put on a company resume to be like, we've done work with the NCAA right. and Mountain Dew and MTV and all of this stuff, but no one is... That that's to hopefully build credibility like down the road, right?
1: For the record, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it was, just to be clear, I don't think it was directly for the NCAA. It might have been for ESPN. Uh, Or or like it was like a separate company. Yeah, it was for ESPN or an ad agency or something. Yeah, it was like we We weren't working directly with them. It was like through an intermediary. We
2: did do some stuff specifically for ESPN, though, because I remember somebody had to get on a plane and hand deliver a a hard drive.
1: Right. It was like we, we were working on it till the last minute. And uh, it was uh, we got to a point where we can either upload this now or we can work on it a little longer and take it on a hard drive up to Connecticut and deliver it to ESPN tomorrow. Who who, who delivered it? It was Brandon. It was Brandon. We put Brandon on a plane with a hard drive to uh, ESPN to turn it in. Yeah, that's all he did. He flew to Connecticut, showed up to ESPN, dropped off a hard drive, then went back to the airport and flew back to Austin.
2: This is like 2008 maybe? It would have been downtown. Yeah. 2009. And... uh, that's the the work we were doing. We talked about it, but I guess we didn't have podcast back then. But that's the, the I think the stuff that people didn't see yeah. that we were doing almost since day one. Yeah. Like I remember the first commercial project we did, to to my recollection, you might uh, remember differently, was those Xbox kiosk videos. Oh we yeah, did. yeah. And those came to us by around episode six of Red versus it was early, Blue. yeah, six or seven. Microsoft hired us to make little interstitial videos. For all of the kiosks at all of the like the WalMarts and Targets and Best Buys in America, and so we would have to like I remember we had to do like a top spin one. We there had was to, also that flying Crimson Skies. Crimson Skies. So whatever hot games there were, we had to come up with like a thirty second funny video that would play between the demos. And I remember that because it was the first work we did, and it was it was super inf- informational uh, or informative because we learned very quickly. Oh, not every video game is Halo. Like we can't recreate what we're doing in other games. It was the first time I got in, I, I realized how difficult Machinima mm. was, or how or what a perfect storm Halo was, yeah, in, in the way that it allowed us to film and tell a story, and boy, we butted our heads against that for uh, I, until we fuck like, until I gave
1: up on Machinima. I remember those projects because I got all the sell-out marketing lines.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was always my job to deliver to those.
1: Yeah, we always did that I was too. like,
2: man, <laughs> I can't keep doing this. It was all, Bernie loved to do that to you I too. I know. It was his way of fucking with you. Uh, oh, uh, and he was super He was super laughing the whole time he was doing it too.
1: God, it, it, um, it would be like mouthfuls of marketing material.
2: I remember those because my mom would go to the Walmart in, our, in Mobile, Alabama and stand there. And anytime somebody walked up, she'd go, my son made that. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And then I want to say right around then we started doing corporate videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. For like Bill Gates is giving a conference at some developer's thing. Steve Ballmer as well. Steve Ballmer or whoever. We need you to do like these three-minute videos. Uh, We did a bunch of those. Then we got the GameStop manager's conference videos. Yeah. And we did those for many years. And then by the end of season one of Red vs. Blue, I want to say... Season one of Reverse Blue was twenty episodes. No, a- uh, 19, I think 19? 19 or twenty episodes. And I want to say by the end of, by the time we put that DVD out, we had probably made forty commercial videos at that point, point. and we were making them like two to one, mm-hmm. and it probably went that way for a decade. We
1: we also made uh the Bernack Ladies videos. That they the, show at yeah, their concerts. at their
2: concerts, yeah. that was wild. That was when we became friends with Ed and those guys.
1: Uh, but yeah, it was uh. Some of those videos, like you, you kind of hinted to, would be like, Yeah, we're going to show this video on screen, and then Bill Gates is going to come out and give a speech. Yeah. Like, what?
2: Like, we have a signed copy of Halo 2 signed by Bill Gates because of one of those videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. We have this 24 by 36 poster of Halo 2, and Bill Gates signed it uh, in like 10 point type. It was like, <laughs> I don't even know if we still have it. It was around, it was in our office for years. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, same thing with, like, Steve Ballmer, and, I mean, I don't, yeah, we just had tons of work, of course, with Microsoft, uh, it was, because of that. It was a great time,
2: because we had a great relationship with Microsoft, but we were also, and this is how we got, we talked about, the fuck kind of audio Some texture squealy is that? audio
1: texture. Jesus. Uh, it's either a car s- that needs a... That I think it's serpentine belts about to go out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was a super interesting time for us, because... We had that great relationship with Microsoft, but also going to when like, we got the call from the ad agency and said, we heard you guys... Are you the guys who get paid to play video yeah, games? Yeah, you guys are the guys who play video games for it. Oh we were the only game in town. So we got so many gigs because we were the only people that knew how to do it and that were set up to do it. And it became this balance that we fought internally about a lot and we struggled with, which was how to take on enough work, when to say no and when to prioritize our own IP, and that yeah. was a lot of what we were trying to do in that. Was, we were getting burned out, like that era where we were doing the—we did a bunch of Mountain Dew shit, it wasn't just that. Remember when we did the Mountain Dew video, or it might have been that period where we had to say 5,000 different names? We had to record— Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, it was the same project, I think, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, because like, it said the person's names, like
1: Carl, Mike, Steve,
2: and so we had to record, I think— What said the person's name?
1: The, my, the website, when they would redeem the code, and they would see like the, the play. Why? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I think my ex-wife had to read them all. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, that's insane. It was, dude, it was so much work. And
2: uh, we also, we looked at and we were like, we're sick of working in other people's intellectual property. We were already having this problem with RVB. Like, we loved RVB, but Microsoft owned it. It wasn't ours. And that was, that was all super informative. That burnout era when we were doing, that, that was, by the way, when we were doing the NCAA stuff, that 1600 videos, the Mountain Dew stuff, that was also the exact same time Gus and I were going out to California and Oregon for two, three weeks yeah, at a time yeah. doing commercial gigs. And we were still making Red versus Blue like like a motherfucker yeah, no, and
1: all that other stuff. I, I, I joke, there's, uh, if you look, there's like photos of me around that time period where I have really long hair. And people ask me, like, why did you let your hair get that long? I was like, I had no time to get a haircut. Like, like, not an exaggeration. Like, there was no free time. Like, for a year and a half, I couldn't cut my hair. <laughs> I, every waking hour was doing something.
2: I got so burned out at that point, I turned physically gray for a couple of weeks. Oh and I went to the doctor. Like my, my wife and at the time and Bernie were both like, you've got to go to the doctor. And I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, hey, you're just tired, man. And I'm like, but I'm physically gray. And he's like, yeah, it's weird, but <laughs> you just need to get some sleep. But it was super informative because we were getting burned out and the money was good, yeah. but nobody wanted to do that forever. And so it really helped push us in the direction of Achievement Hunter, Ruby, Gus starting podcasts in the broadcast department, like really trying to create our own IP that we would own, and so that we we didn't have to work on other people's shit as much.
1: Getting notes from someone about oh, not getting noted to death,
2: but also you like you know if you're going to put your work into something, you might as well put it into your thing. Yeah, if you know
1: if you have the luxury. When we were doing all that, there was a period of time where you know we were not video game developers, and there was a period of time where we had a bunch of you know game console development kits, and like a large part of my job became learning how to manage all of these developer kits, how to push out like firmwares to them, how to manage like the network of all of this. And like I, when we would do these trips to, you know, and I would meet a game developer, I'd be like, hey, uh, how does uh, you know this thing, let me ask you a quick question. How do, how do you do this? Or how does this thing work? And they would tell me like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Then I'd like go back to work and like try to implement the things I was learning little by little on our, like, network of uh, game development costs because that's what you talked about, like, having yeah. to keyframe all that stuff in the football games. Like, you can't do that. The stuff we were doing, you couldn't do in retail copies of the game. We were getting, like, development bills and running them on development hardware, and it was just, like, a nightmare to keep all that stuff straight. And the tools were never the tools you would think. Like, they weren't the tools you would build to do the job. They were like,
2: well, this is what we have. Make it work. And you'd kind of figure it out. Because they weren't conceiving of uh, the need of those tools back then, or they were just starting to, you know? I think Forge probably changed a lot of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. In Halo. and definitely took it to where also it put it in the hands of the player. Like, it made it in a much more accessible way. It was, (laughs) some of those games, it was like, oh yeah, you can't put a new keyframe behind an old keyframe. If you do that, the game will crash. So it's Uh, like, if you want to put a new keyframe back there in the timeline, uh, you need to delete every keyframe back to that point, put a new one, and then redo all of your new ones. uh, God, yeah. damn, dude. You remember that? I just—I didn't until that moment. <laughs> oh, that
2: was, oh,
1: yeah. It was—it was like a lot of weird work because they intended it for video game developers, yeah. you know, people who like understood the system and knew how it worked. It was not user friendly at all. So when I bought my house here, uh-huh. I'm gonna switch gears for a second. When I bought my house here,
2: uh, it's like three miles to two miles down the road. I was still working at the call center. That's how I met Bernie. Was I bought the house and yeah, we had a housewarming party and uh, I'll never forget this because I bought a keg and it was on my little back porch and for some reason one of the dudes and all of my friends in Austin at this point worked at the call center. It was it was Gus and everybody else who we hung out with at the call center and one of the dudes at the call center took the keg and he just like he just took the spigot and like just sprayed it on the sliding glass door what? just like in a arc for yeah. a second and I don't know why and my first wife at the time saw it and Swung that door open and went out and started screaming at him. And if you knew her, this was totally terrifying. uh, (laughs) Terrifying. She was four foot eleven, but she was like seven and a half feet tall when she was mad. It was I've never seen anything like it. And uh, threw him out. Oh my god! And then that night, everybody became a scared of her, and nobody. I never got anybody to my house again, except for Gus. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like, she but she, she scared off any potential friends I had from that point on.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember spending a lot of time at that house. Like, I know what you're talking about, where you had the keg out there. But that house had, like, a back patio that I don't think I ever went on to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was, like, right off the master. It was useless. Yeah, and it would, like, just, like, immediately butted up to the fence.
2: It was a plot. It was, like, a little wedge of concrete that was three feet by two feet. Mm-hmm. And then it hit a wall. And it was just, like, concrete and then a fence. It was absolutely useless. I put a pot out there once uh, with a plant, and it died instantly. And I never went back out there. The craziest thing that ever happened to me, and I don't know if you were living with me at the time or if you even remember this, I was going home from work one day, five thirty in the afternoon, and my the street that street was shut down by cops, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get on that street. And so I stopped, and I went and I talked to a cop, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, we're chasing. We got we got a." escape felon, or like we're, we're in pursuit of somebody, and we've got him pinned down to this neighborhood. And I go, oh, wow, that's weird. I, well, I live here. Can I just go home? And he's like, no, nah, it's I can't let anybody in right now. And he goes, which one's your house? And I go, it's that one, the third one. And he goes, yeah, that's where he is. <laughs> he had crawled under my what? deck. And they had a police helicopter for a while. He had yeah. crawled under my deck, and I didn't see any of this. But apparently, they had to crawl in after him and pull him out from under my deck. I don't remember that at yeah, all. and I couldn't go home for like three hours that day. And then eventually... They got him out from under my deck, and then I was able to resume my life. Why wouldn't he just come out? What's his plan at that point? Is he just gonna live under the deck?
1: I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It
2: wasn't a big deck, and it was
1: just a bunch of PVC pipes and spiders under there. <laughs> and a felon. And a felon. It's not, not a place to start a life, for oh. sure. So, stop me if you don't want me to tell this story. Uh, you talking about a felon reminds me about something. Okay. There was something Jeff used to do when I first met him that I thought was simultaneously evil and genius at the same time. If someone cut him off on traffic, or, like, someone wronged him uh, in public? <laughs> is this an okay story to is tell? Is
2: there a way we can bleep this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never no, wrong. it's a great story.
1: In, 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 allegedly. Okay. Allegedly I did okay. this. You can't prove it. Allegedly. If someone wronged him uh-huh. or cut him off or whatever, Jeff would write down their license plate number. Uh-huh. I would wait a month. And then he'd wait, and then he'd go to, like, a payphone. But payphones were still around back then. Uh-huh. And he'd call the police. And he'd be like, hey, listen, I'm a parent. I was out at a playground. I saw this car. It looked suspicious. I don't know. Maybe they had a camera. They were taking photos of the kids. They just kept driving by real slow. I went to approach them, and they sped off. And uh, I got their license plate number. I don't know if there's anything you can do. I just want you to to have it, just in case it comes up again in the future. And I thought, like, that is some diabolical stuff. And it's so fucking smart. (laughs) (laughs) That's unreal. Is that
2: something we can tell? I don't know if that's something we. Can I tell. was a. It was a different time. It was a different world, and I don't think anybody should do that. I don't think it's funny now. I don't think it's right. I don't condone it. I was a. I was a dumb kid from a dumb place. It took me a long time to evolve. We're just stupid dirt people. Yeah, like, I'm a. I'm a dirt grub. Yeah. I grew up in. I grew up in bumfuck Alabama. I was born in a trailer. <laughs> like I spent the first two years of my life in in the middle of nowhere, bumfuck Alabama in a trailer, eating potatoes because that was all my mom could afford. Like, we only ate potatoes. Like, it was—I I, didn't—I I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here right now. And it's only by extreme luck that I am. And, and, and I don't recommend anybody do anything I did.
1: We, I think we, we, we give that caveat a lot. Like, we can look back on it, just like stealing the bottles. Not stealing, taking the bottles of Chianti. Re- reappropriating. Uh, yeah, it's like th- things that were obviously— wrong, and it shouldn't have been done, but that it's like, you're you're a different person, it's a different mindset, By the way,
2: can I just point out, too, But we told that story about stealing the, Uh appropriating the bottles of Chianti. Uh, I did apologize to the guy later, and he had no idea what I was talking about. No, of course not. He was like, what? No, yeah, they're yours, man, take them, whatever. I I don't drink. He didn't drink anyway. Yeah, totally fine. They were just ornamental. He was, And he was also our friend. And they
1: tasted like shit. Of
2: course. It took
1: forever to get through those bottles. We did, but yeah. Oh, so something came up in the news here in Austin recently that, um, that I think is, is relevant to this podcast. There's that McDonald's over on, like, Barton Springs and Lamar that's closing. Yeah, I saw it was all fenced up. The one by Peter Pan? Yeah. And uh, I, 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 don't, I think maybe in the entire time I've lived in Austin, I went maybe twice to that McDonald's. However, that being said, we, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how I would go to Barton Springs, like, on mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday in the morning, and I'd just hang out there. And one of those days, I remember, like, I, I, I left Martin Springs, and for some reason, I stopped at that McDonald's, and mm-hmm. I went in to get a Big Mac or whatever. And uh, I had placed my order, and I was waiting for my order, and my cell phone rang. This is when cell phones were brand new, <laughs> like my big old Qualcomm yeah. uh, Prime Co-Phone uh, rang, and it was Jeff who was calling me. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, uh, this was back when we were doing ugly internet. Okay. And uh, Jeff was like, hey, we, uh, we got contacted by this ad network, and they want to run ads on our website, and, uh, you know, we, we can finally make money on the Internet. And I was like, you know, holy crap, like that's a really big deal. Yeah. Was, and uh, we were both really excited about it. And every time I drive by the McDonald's, I think about how, like, that's the first moment where I talk to someone where it's like, hey, you can make money on the Internet. It uh, was
2: the Blah Blah Network. They were, they were like purveyors of all the e-insights back yeah. then, which was, I think, for everything, nothing. It was like before vlogs. And uh, we got one check from them. For sixteen dollars. Yes. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and yep. then right after that, they went under or something. Yeah. But I am proud to say, I would be hard pressed to locate it today. But I still have the check. Wow. I never cashed it because it was sixteen dollars.
1: Yeah. We were like, what do we do? Get a pizza? I mean, so it, w- it
2: was more like it was more like this is our dollar we put up yeah. like in our bar our yeah. first dollar made and I I it's in, I know the bag I just don't know where the bag is but I still have to this day that check from I don't know two thousand one
1: maybe two thousand two thousand one somewhere around yeah. there yeah the first the first $16 we ever made, uh, and now that uh, McDonald's getting torn down, probably to have condos <laughs> built there. Definitely,
0: definitely condos or apartments, yeah. right there next to the Peter Pan in the loudest train that goes through Austin. That like that train is so loud and so slow and so long. And they built so many condos right next they to the train built track, right so there. So many condos.
2: I lived downtown for in a condo for two years, uh, like at Fifth and Bowie. Well, in a place called the Bowie. And uh, I faced that train where it yeah. makes the turn. And the turn right there around Seaholm C- is where the squeal happens. Yeah. And I, it, I would, it would wake me up at like 4 in the morning. And I'd be like, I was on like the 30-something floor, and you would hear like, <laughs> And you'd be like, I'm up. What? Oh, fuck. It's the train. Back to sleep. It was brutal. I don't know how anybody that lives downtown sleeps. I like it. that audio yeah. texture. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that's, good. That's, that's,
0: that's, good.
1: Some, that's some good foley work you got going on there.
0: We're kind of getting on to the. It's like about 50 minutes, um, so we should start wrapping up soon. But uh, I guess we got to find other coffee shops down here because I feel like this is a glut of stories. Oh sure, I'm sure we have
2: more. Your old, uh, your old wacky place where we would get the, uh, we would listen to the drug dealer and make drug calls. Oh, exactly. uh, your apartment the complex is here. right here. We like got, it is all. We got,
1: we got to find a, a coffee shop down here, though. Like another place to go to. Maybe yeah. it's someplace off of old. Torf. I feel like we no. have a lot of stories at Old Torf. Remember, oh, that's you,
2: pretty good. No, I'm just saying. There's other stories. Oh we can yeah, tell. yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's coffee shops. Yeah, yeah. we got we to find a, something
0: good because it feels like this is a. This place feels ripe for, like, especially talking about old call center stuff and like beginnings of Rooster Teeth. Dude, that's we, crazy. we
2: could do easily an hour. Or ten just on stories from crazy customers from the call center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Waterbed. That's the first one I thought of too. John P. and uh, the Furby lady (laughs) and all that stuff. Yeah. The guy, the guy from the guy who fired his secretary on the phone
1: and made me listen to it.
0: (laughs) Can you just tell one crazy story? Is there one that just comes to mind that's like a quick one that's an easy there,
1: one? There was one, okay, real fast. Okay. There was this one woman in Oklahoma whose internet did not work and uh, this is a one-time call. She was not a recurring character. Uh, but she called and she was complaining that her internet was down and she told the rep, my family got to the Kennedys, don't think we can't get to you. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, She was. I remember that. Whoa. Yeah. Um uh, was like real
2: psychotic stuff
0: oh my god
2: there was another customer we had who would tell us they were going to send the black helicopters after us and we wouldn't know until it was too late
1: yep
0: yeah
2: and they're like but you keep keep looking up because they're
1: coming wow yeah we had a lot of a lot of uh drugs and
0: mental illness uh, that's, uh wow yeah. that's really something yeah um let's rate the coffee at buzzmill what do you uh, think yeah uh six yeah. yeah i feel the same way it's fine I'd, yeah. I'd about the same yeah. it, like Nothing against the coffee, it's just, like, whatever. They actually do, if you're ever looking for, like, a weird specialty coffee thing, they have great, like, mixed coffee drink things here. They're really good. Oh, no, you tell me. Well, yeah, I'm going to make you get the same thing every... If I didn't get one, you're not getting one. Uh, I don't even have to rate this. Uh, They have great, like, mixed drink stuff here. And they also, the other thing was the... Flavored alcohol, they have yeah, like a they bunch have like a, of that stuff. Yeah,
2: they have a wall of flavored whiskeys, yeah. if yeah. you want to yeah. get like pecan Infused whiskey or bacon yeah. whiskey yeah. or
0: whatever. Yeah, they have a bunch of that stuff.
2: They also have a couple of different food trailers, and uh... Yeah. And
1: you get breakfast fried rice right here. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> breakfast fried rice. <laughs> Twelve bucks, is what a deal. Stuff.
0: Twelve.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, once again, my biggest gripe with this place is that they put it here ten years after I left. Right. And also, I don't drink anymore, and yep. I feel like this is way more of a bar than mm-hmm. a coffee
0: shop. Definitely. I've been here a couple of times and I've only ever gotten coffee, but I, I went to another location that they had and got like whiskey and oh, it was another like one. well they did. It was like on like Cesar Chavez or like seventh or mm. something. Mm. And then they closed it and it's like, okay, well whoops. It's too close to each other. That's what I'm saying. Uh so whatever. It, it I think it's I think it's a fine spot. I think if you're in the area it's a fine <laughs> spot to go to, but Unless you're what? Unless you like live here, you go to the Dairy Queen where Gus learned how to throw up. I well, don't know it's it's, really a, thing, it's you know? a huge improvement. There's from photos like of it. Another quick story
2: we were telling: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this kid we used to work with named Andrew. Uh, he was a. I don't know if I told the story about our, our friend who was a professional soccer player in Germany who got right, his back yeah. broken. Uh, he tried to stop at a Tejano bar one day afterward yeah. to get a drink that's like a it's block like, away. Yeah,
1: right yeah. down the road over here.
2: And the guy wouldn't let him in. The guy at the door wouldn't let him in. It's like 6 o'clock on a Thursday. He's like, I'm 21. He showed him his ID. He's like, yeah, it's not for you. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you can't come in. Yeah, this place he's is like, I just want to buy one beer. And he's like, this is not for you. You need to leave. <laughs> and like, wouldn't let him in. And uh, so it's, a, it's an improvement from that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, improvement. That's a strong word. It's different than that. It's different than that. I mean, that. it's definitely
0: different. You guys were talking about how they would set up a volleyball court, and there would just be guys shirtless in blue jeans and cowboy boots playing volleyball on the Every yeah. Saturday
2: and Sunday, it's all so, day long. Yeah.
0: It's on the concrete. On the It's concrete. also a really
1: sloped parking lot. I don't know yes, if you saw that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So any guesses on the name? Oh, I wrote one down. Oh, okay, cool. Uh,
1: well, let me see if I'm finding it real fast. People are uh, getting a little upset. I saw on Rich Teeth.
0: A, a, guy told, a guy messaged me and oh. he said, I'd bet my life that this is the name of the podcast. And it was like. And he was not. And he was wrong. Yeah. So, really sad story. And so I had. Really to, sad note to He end. messaged me. He didn't message Anma. He didn't tweet at <laughs> Anma. He DM'd me. And so I said, All right, if you're wrong, I have to block you. And he went, No, wait. And then <laughs> I blocked him. He got him. blocked.
1: Yeah. Uh, Eric started texting me guesses like, Hey, listen, if we're going to be doing this, <laughs> we got to bust out the microphones. You can't just be machine gunning me with guesses here. Okay, here we go. All right. My guess is uh, I came up with this in bed. Austin's
2: no longer monetarily accessible. <laughs> is that right? That's true, but that's not it. Mm.
0: Oh, damn. In, in bed, I like where you're going with this. Yeah. i will give you the thinking gift. Uh, this is from a guest from Jorge, but I, I'm going to uh, take it, make it my own. Austin Miamor. Oh, that's good. Oh. No, 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 Right? That's I think it has, it has... I so, like that. I don't know if it's right, but it's a great mix of not having... A, and then N, and then yeah. M and then A. Yeah. And then also mixing up languages, yeah. which, yes. again, can't yeah. really... Can't, who knows. can't rule that out. Right, 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 right. So
1: that's going to be my guess this week. That's a great one. No, yeah. Those are good guesses, but no. <sighs> a lot of people getting close online, but... Really? Yeah, uh, but not, not, quite, Man. not quite there. Man. All right. It's funny. I feel like the guesses... In cycles, I feel like people see stuff and then start stealing it. Yes, and yeah, like we get a lot of the same guesses over and over, Over and and there's like cycles that uh, that it goes
0: through. Uh, How about Aruba, not my Jamaica?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) but now I've got Kokomo stuck in my head. That's exactly
0: what I'm like. Oh, that's good. That's from uh Marcus on uh on uh or Mark, I guess just Mark on (laughs) Twitter. That's a good one. Kokomo's not a real place. I no. never knew that when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah me really. neither.
2: I always assumed it was
1: a vacation spot. Me too. Yeah, they invented it for the someone, song. Someone should make a place called Kokomo and then license that song. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Okay. We should
0: make a place called Kokomo?
1: There was a club called Kokomo in uh, Mexico across the border from where I grew up. <laughs> was <there> really? Yeah. <laughs> that it really? Spelled the about. I forgot about it. Yeah. I have
2: not thought about that place in years. I used to love when you and your mom and I, or sometimes your mom and I and your sister would always go across the order for the day and shop and then we go eat at that was it was that it modernos yeah
0: that's it yeah
1: that that's great. where the
0: nachos were invented that's right oh that's
1: right okay yeah. cool
0: Place for the the nachos. It's, not,
1: it's closed now you
0: can't go there anymore oh, no. yeah. well uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Anima uh, if you want to follow us at Anima Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram you see pictures of uh not I, having stickers I on I didn't guns. have a sticker on my dude, coffee st- again this week. Sticker injustice <laughs> and we continues. And this wasn't even me and Jeff. No. This, just, this is just like the way it happened. I told
1: you. This pervasive racism. <laughs> it is, dude. It is. And preferential sticker treatment. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't let Andrew into that bar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Any uh, uh, hot takes, final words, anything for the people at home? Uh, uh, Uh.
1: Don't do what we did when we were young. Yeah, man, seriously, allegedly, allegedly. uh,
0: Most of
2: these stories are made up. I'll say that. None of this happened. It's a fiction podcast. It's all fiction. It's all fiction. Thanks, guys.